This is part two with Katrina Webb. G'day legends and welcome to Your Life of Impact, where we connect with world-class athletes and coaches, health experts and enthusiasts, inspiring entrepreneurs and community leaders, all to teach you how to tap into your inner excellence. I'm your host, Brett Robbo, and I'm extremely grateful you're joining us today on your impactful journey. If you haven't listened to part one of Katrina's chat, then please go back and listen to it before listening to this. Just a reminder, Katrina is a three-time Paralympian and three-time Paralympic gold medalist. She's a keynote speaker, TEDx speaker, a philanthropist, and a mother of three. As I said in part one, Katrina blew my mind on how many aha moments and gold knowledge bombs she drops. She truly is one of the most inspirational women I'm lucky enough to know. Here we are for part two. We're going to move into your uh, sporting career just briefly. Not that I want to take away any of the importance of everything you've achieved, but I'm excited to discuss your growth and humanitarian aspects off the Mm. back of your sport. But while we're talking about your sport, you've not just participated in three Paralympics, three World Championships and a home Commonwealth Games. You've also won medals in all of these major championships and you've also set world records along the way, I believe. Amazing efforts. So you won gold in your first Paralympics in Atlanta, 1996. uh, And then you won silvers and bronze at every World Championships and even the Sydney 2000 Paralympics, which was a home games. But then when Athens came around, you'd found inner determination and strength to, after eight years, Mm. finally win another gold. Yeah. Talk to us about that journey. Well, yeah, it was, uh, thanks for reminding me of, of all that. It feels like another lifetime ago. But yeah, it was an interesting one for me. You know, it, it's either um, winning silver or losing gold. It's it's kind of a funny way of putting it, isn't it? Um, was I winning silver or was I losing gold? And what was part of my journey there? But for me, um, it was a huge process actually of so much learning in that period of time. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons why, particularly in Sydney and I, I didn't win, I won silver and bronze and um, I didn't even run personal bests in Sydney and that really bothered me um, because as you know as a coach and as a former athlete, that's if you've done a PB, like you can't do anything more and sometimes your PB might not ever be good enough for gold. It's part of accepting you as an athlete. Someone might be better than you in that particular – but I hadn't run PBs in Sydney. So I remember coming back from Sydney and I remember speaking to a psychologist there as well um, about it and I remember she saying to me one thing she said Katrina you know you do a lot of other things in your life which I'm very thankful for because it has set me up for a great life now I haven't competed for a long time I've never felt I've never missed competing at all I, I had this lovely transition between being an athlete to, to doing what I do now and I, I know that's not smooth for a lot of athletes um, and that was because I had identities around not just being an athlete I was studying at university I was working part-time I love to help people I've told you that's a big 
intrinsic value of mine of making a difference. So people were saying to me after I'd been successful at my first games, can you help with this? Can you do that? Can you sit on this board? Can you help with this charity? And I'd just be going, yes, 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 yes. And when I sort of reflected back on, on Sydney, my huge life lesson was, wow, I actually looked at everything that I was doing and without any, I was a great time manager, but I wasn't a great priority manager because I just was saying yes. So I was getting to things on time, but was it, quanti- was it quality? No. Was it quantity? Yes. And I looked at everything, even my university grades and I suppose even your relationships and I was performing at a silver level, if not worse. You know, my results at uni were credits. I could have been getting high distinctions, but there was no way because I didn't have enough time. So, and I remember my psychologist saying to me, Katrina, if you're happy with things like this, it's your choice. Be happy with silver as long as you're happy with silver. But she said, if you're not happy with this, then you're going to have to realize there's some significant changes that are going to have to be made if you're willing to get back to that gold level again. And, you know, some of those moments where we don't win and are our hardest because in front of your home crowd and, you know, I was beaten by two other Australians who did fantastically, but it's still not easy for yourself, particularly don't even run a PB. I was like really hard on myself going, wow, my best learnings came out of those those harder times. So I really had to find a new strategy of how I was going to get back to gold. And a lot of investment went into working out what was really important to me, like what were my priorities. I had to learn to say no. And that wasn't something that came easy to me because I love to help people. But if I was saying yes to too many things, I actually wasn't serving people well anyway. So I had to reframe a lot of things. Um, But I found what was really important to me. I made sure I had the right time to do it you know and to do the stuff that really matters um and you know that was a really important lesson that I still carry with me now because my natural default is that I can still say yes to people and if I don't keep checks and balances in place I know I'll go back to that natural default of spreading myself too thin and I know when I share this your listeners will get it because if you if you if you like to help people um you then say yes to everything and you tend to deal with the consequences later. So I now have checks and balances in place to make sure I don't spread myself too thin. You know, sometimes I might get a bit out of balance and go, oh, um, but I really have to watch it because otherwise I'll, you know, I'll be doing too many things and no good to anybody and what's the point of that? Absolutely. I like the saying, if it's not a hell yeah, it should be a no. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good way to keep that's in balance That's right. You know, bit. and so I don't say, I actually one of my tricks now is I don't say anything when someone asks me to do something. Um, I actually say to them, I don't say yes or no straight away. I'll get back to you. And I tell them that. And, um, and then it gives me time to sort of come back and look at what's, what I'm doing, what's important. And it could be a really awesome opportunity. And a part of me is like, oh, I really want to do that. But then when I look at the realistic schedule, what I'm doing, particularly even now with the family and travel and the work that I do, I know it could compromise my performance. I'll, you know, I'll say no, but get back to me next year and I'll, and I maybe I'll, maybe it will fit in then. So I've had to put some of those strategies in place to make sure I, um, you know, can stay on track. And spend time with those little rock star boys yeah, of yours and that, at home. And, and, that, and that is the good point because I love what I do. I, I love my family um, um, as much as everyone else would, but I also love what I do. So for me, um, you know, I have to make sure that I, you know, get to spend time with, you know, because often when you're busy and people want, lots of you and you say yes the consequence is that the people that you love that you want to spend your most time with they suffer 
or it's your husband. Um, and so, you know, my husband and I really try hard at, um, you know, scheduling stuff in. Um, and I've now delegated that to him because <laughs> I've said to him, you know how busy I am, you know, you schedule it in and it will happen and we'll spend some really good quality time together because we know how important it is. Um, so we've, we've got some things in place to make sure that it. those important relationships that you stay connected, you know, that otherwise it is the people that you love the most, you know, get the worst of you if you're not careful. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Mm. Your desire and your passion to help people is infectious. And we, working for Athletics Australia, we actually uh, hired you to come into one of our junior high performance programs to speak to our junior para-athletes. And that to me is one of the best investments we've made in that junior program because of the impact you made. But beyond empowering of other athletes with a disability, let's talk about the impact in now making with humans in all walks of life. So through this passion of yours that you talk about and the skill you've been provided with, you have created some amazing opportunities. I'm going to list a few and then we'll dive into a couple. So you're one of four athletes from around the world to speak at an event alongside the likes of Roger Federer. You uh, did a TEDx talk called The Alchemy of Performance, Turning Silver to Gold, and you elaborated on that a little bit before. Actually, for everyone listening, go and check that out. Now that you know um, Katrina's mind That's right, behind <laughs> process it all. You behind tell me whether all, I did or not. Or not. <laughs> I've honestly watched this TED talk a few times, and now that I know your thought processes for the decision-making, that, that makes it even more powerful. <laughs> you were an ambassador at the London 2012 and the Rio 26 Paralympic Games. You were a speaker at the Global Transformation Forum in Kuala Lumpur. Now, for everyone listening, that means nothing at all until I say these two names with Sir Richard Branson and Usain Bolt. That's pretty powerful. Now, you also do Fit for Leadership programs. The one that I really want to dive into the most is leading the Mount Everest treks that you do for Child Reach Nepal. Mm. Correct me if I'm wrong, have you raised over $60,000 for Child Reach Nepal? That's that's mind-blowing to me. That's amazing. Can you tell us the story of, of these uh, Everest treks and mm. what Child Reach Nepal is all about and what it means to you? Yeah, it's um, this one really surprises me, to be honest, because I, uh, I never thought my life would lead me to Nepal. And... Um, I still surprise myself and I, I do love life. I actually love not knowing where my next surprise is going to come from, I suppose, or the next opportunity that that is in line with my values. Um, and this kind of motivates me. I keep thinking, well, if I keep doing the same stuff every day, I'm probably going to get the same stuff. And if I just want the same stuff, that's okay. But if I want to extend myself and have new experiences and try and have more of an impact, I need to do things differently. And that doesn't mean it's easy. Um um, but like I, I'm putting on a conference in two months' time, which, which is which is out of my comfort zone. But I know it's the right thing to do, and I can't wait to do it because I just don't know what impact that might have. But for me, I never had this image, you know, on my vision board or anything that I would be working in Nepal. It's one of those things that I am so grateful for. It's probably the, one of the best things that's ever happened to me. Um, and look, the higher I've gone just in terms of, you know, being an athlete, then when I've represented the International Paralympic Committee at the UN and then more so in London and at Rio, you get to meet people in different 
you know, in different circles and, um, and that's just been wonderful. Um, um, and the other ambassador I worked with at the London Paralympic Games, a guy named Chris Woodell, he was another former Paralympian. Um, and it just we, I just met some great people through him and through the work that we did in London. And it just opened some doors, it opened some more doors. That opened, you know, just the next person that introduced you. So someone introduces you to someone and someone, you know what network, that's what networking is. And all of a sudden I found myself... Um, being invited to go to my first trip to Kathmandu in t- November 2014. That's the quick story of it all, meeting someone, meeting someone, meeting someone. Um, and I went along as a guest um, to do a whole bunch of work in Nepal in 2014. Um, and since then I've been there four times and I'll, this year alone I'll, I'll go there three times. Um, I just absolutely love the country. It's like my second home. I love the people there. Um, but they, there was this just beautiful invitation that they, they needed some help. They needed help particularly with Paralympics, particularly just with people with disability. As we know in, in developing countries, disability tends to even be a lot further down the line. You know, if you've got a disability, you really don't have any chance of life. Um, and then just through people that I met, um, the Child Reach Nepal was um, the, the director I met of this charity is now like my brother um, in Nepal. If you have uh, brother, it's a lovely term. Um, it just means I've got brothers there from a different mother and I really like this. Um, or a sister from a different mother. They, You know if they call you sister, it's a really lovely thing. And so my, my friend was running this charity for a very long time. He's only just um, left late last year. Um, but he was taking students. The way they were funding Child Reach Nepal, which was helping in in child rights, education and health, um, uh, was sending students over from the UK, particularly in their gap year, to go to Everest base camp because obviously when we think of Nepal, we think of Everest. So there was all, the, all this incredible system already set up to fund this charity from students coming over in their gap year that I just went, wow, I've already set up. I can, I can do this. I can take people from Australia across and, um, and we can raise some money for you. That's easy. So instead of doing students, we've just, we're basically taking adults. Um, and so there was a, a system already set up that I just tapped into and we led our first group there last um, October to Everest Base Camp and that group alone, 11 of us raised $36,000, which was awesome. Um, we're leaving again this year. Um, we've got enough to go again this year and I'm sure the group will raise the same, if not more. Um, and that in itself actually has led to, you know, once the word gets around, I had another friend say to me, look, I've been taking a group of women to um, Cambodia for the last two years. We, we want to go to Nepal. Can you set up a leadership program for us in Nepal? So in August, I'm taking 15 women, not to Everest Base Camp, but we're going into Kathmandu to unpack leadership, to, to hear from Rinpoche's, to hear, you know, some of the, the, the greatest Buddhist leaders, to business people, to academics, to Sherpas. And then we'll go into the heart of a village that was um, the, the the earthquakes hit in the epicenter. The epicenter of the earthquake was an area called Sindapalchuk, and we'll actually go live in a village for a couple of nights and just understand what life is like and unpack leadership from there and do a small summit. So, all of a sudden, I'm taking people to Nepal, um, and not only particularly when we go to Everest Base Camp, it's it's a beauty of of seeing Everest is it's the best one of the best things I've ever done I can't wait to go back this year but the thing that I love the most for me is watching people 
unpack themselves along the trek and you just see these moments where they're reflecting on their life um, or they I remember our first glimpse of Everest after about day four all of us were crying no, nothing happened it just we saw this magnificent beautiful mountain that when none of us had seen before but the, the tallest it's so spiritual that I looked at everyone and everyone was crying for, the, for their own story or for whatever they were thinking and um, the people on this trek had such a great experience it was it wasn't about me on this trek for me the most biggest reward was me watching everyone else have a moment like they hadn't before in their life and so there again my values connected I think wow I didn't realize that now I could take people to this amazing country where I've got brothers that can provide all this for me but I can transform people in that place um, along their journey just as another vehicle and at the same time we can raise awesome money and do it for a good cause so there's kind of you know two things in it not only are people having this incredible personal experience of really challenging their own you know their own story and when you're on the when you're walking Everest Base Camp Trek you really can't escape your mind and and that is powerful you know there's no distractions there's no technology there's just technology but there's nothing out there to do except to walk and be in your own head and really question yourself where am I doing am I living on purpose am I doing what I want to do what what will people say about me at my 80th birthday you know am I doing that am I being who I want to be and what changes maybe can I make and and when your breath is the most important thing and and how the air gets thinner you're really challenged by breath it's it's a really wonderful place to to regroup and recenter and come away inspired unbelievable and so far removed from Paralympic sport yeah yeah what a journey what a journey and yeah so for me it, yeah it's it's kind of sort of become beyond that in a sense it's for me it's just about helping helping people be their best version or if I can give people an experience or provide a medium or provide a conference and I can connect them to great knowledge um, I feel like that's my job whether it's connector if I can connect people to what they need to hear to help them help make a difference to them then I'm right into it yeah Speaking of connecting, what was it like having dinner with Sir Richard Branson? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was a moment still where I just go, how the hell did I sit on that table? Like, you know, it was. I knew I was speaking at the same conference as him and I just didn't know, you know, when it's a conference, you're on different times and people have busy schedules and I just didn't know whether I'd get a chance to, to speak to him. But I know a couple of people that he knows, so I'd emailed them and said, hey, I'm, I'm, I might have the chance to meet Richard. So I think he knew that I might have been there um but might then have stalked him maybe yeah no. <laughs> but we were at this dinner so it was a two-day conference and the first night was a dinner just for very important people it was about 100 people in the room and you know i managed to get on the number one table so i had branson to my right and the malaysian prime minister's wife next to him and the malaysian prime minister then there was bolt and um and then there was a few other people and one of the other speakers at the conference was this amazing guy called chris gardner now you probably won't know his name but most of your listeners probably have watched the movie of pursuit of happiness with will smith and it's it's, it's such a good movie um, about this guy that's on the street and he's homeless and he has this young I boy. I love that film. Yeah, and he was a speaker on a stage and he spoke about spiritual genetics and he was excellent. The thing that I got from him is his son, in, Will Smith's son in the movie is five years old. 
But in real life, Chris Gardner's son was 14 months old oh, and they wow. couldn't have had a 14-month-old baby in the movie because the baby can't talk. <laughs> so yeah. they made it five. So it even has more of an impact. But here I am sitting on this table going, oh my gosh, like how do I get here? How have I again had a moment like this in my life where I get to have a cool conversation with Branson, you know, it's it, it's actually been on my goal. One of my goals is to get to his island and, you know, I love to set big audacious goals and why not? And so that was that kind of that first step to, to meet him and it was cool. We just chatted, just chatted like we are now, right? You know, I, I really try not to um, – I just – he's just a human being and I think um, for me – I don't get caught up in all of that. Yeah, it was great to meet him and I really love what he's done. He's done sensational stuff. But he's just a human, you know. And I remember just asking him a simple question about, you know, do you get tired of doing these sort of things, you know, like because he must go to a lot. And I know I get tired of, of going to dinners, but if I'm next to Branson, I'm not tired. <laughs> um and he said something like, yeah, you know, I had to leave all my family. Like I was at the island, if people don't know, he owns this island and all of his kids were there and he was he was with his family and he said to me, it was really hard. Like he enjoys doing this stuff, but he found it really hard, you know, and we connected on family. He said the same thing to me. He said, you know, it's probably the same as you. you'd probably rather be back home with your kids. So it was nice just to hear those simple things of life that he knows he needs as well to to be fulfilled. Just another human connecting yeah. with his values and yeah. making space for his thoughts, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, you know, he's, he's, if people haven't read his story, he's, he's shy naturally and um, he's dyslexic as well and he's quite open about it. So um, for him to be – he's not an extrovert, which is kind of what most people would think naturally he is. He's quite the opposite. Um, so his natural default isn't to be probably networking and chatting to people that he doesn't know at tables. So it's probably out of his natural zone where being at home with his family, which is more comfortable. Um, yeah, he's cool. I really like what he stands for. He really cares and speaks up for issues that a lot of people aren't brave enough or bold enough to. So yeah, absolutely. I really I respect that. That's why he's such an inspiration. Mm. Let's talk about some of the uh, key outcomes from your presentations that you do. So super excited uh, when I went onto the website and was reading through what you have to offer and we've already talked about most of these but some of the things that you uh, your key outcomes from your presentations are insight into mind management neutralize unhelpful thinking understanding the importance of purpose and values and insight into the nature of self-love I feel like we've done a lot around the mind management and the neutralizing of unhelpful thoughts what I'm really keen uh, to just hear your views on is around purpose and values. Now, you mentioned it a little bit, but I'm a physical coach, but my mentoring and life coaching aspects in the content revolves mostly around these powerful aspects. I'm a very values-based driven person and I've been, I'm grateful that I've been through the processes to identify my values and I've made some massive choices in my life since doing that process that have congruently aligned with my values. I understand now uh, more around the feeling of fulfillment by able being able to align congruently with my values through big choices. Understanding, I believe I understand uh, what my purpose in this life is 
And I also set big visions. And you talked before about a vision wheel and setting audacious goals and things like that. At the age of 31 for me, I feel like I understand what fulfillment is. I'm not saying that I'm completely fulfilled and I'm ready to go, but I understand how to live in moments of fulfillment. Tell me, talk to me around purpose and values. What what does that mean to you to operate congruently with these and how do you sort of teach that to people in these presentations? Yeah, great. Um, can I just say hashtag we're all a work in progress? I, I always like to, you know, to add that one because – I think when you teach this stuff, people think you must be masters. And I just love the way you were talking then as well, that you, you think you're understanding it um, and you've got a pretty clear understanding, but you're still we're still always learning. So we're always a work in progress. But yeah, wow, it's, passion and values um, are so, so important. Yet, you know, it takes, it takes for most people, some people can miss this in their whole lifetime, right? They might not even ever have this conversation and it still amazes me the programs I run when I get to values and purpose. Most of my group have never even spent any time in this area. Yeah, organisations are run with a purpose and values and the corporations that they're working for have. But as, as individuals, no one takes us through that through our schooling, our education system and it's something that can be quite foreign to people. Even though they probably know what they are their core beliefs are or their values are underneath. They've just never really spent the time to to identify identify it. Yeah. So, you know, values for me is a really interesting one. I really enjoy just um, getting people to to really try and come up with their top three to five values. And that's difficult because if you look at a list of, you know, there's so many values out there. Like if, if this is all new to you, you know, just to get a list of potential values and go through them, you could probably tick a lot of them. Yeah, that, you know, integrity is really important to me. Honesty is really important to me. Um, love or kindness. And then all of a sudden you could have 20. But the hardest bit is coming up with, you know, three to five that really, really are important to you. Um, and... And, you know, really owning them, that they're, they're yours, they're no one else's, they're your true north, they're your compass, that you know that that's where you're heading in life, you know, that's um, where you can truly be you. Um, and so when you're kind of a bit off track, you can just go back into your true north and those values will, will show you the direction to go. Where goals are kind of like the steps um, to get there. So if you were... You know, it's easy to talk about hiking with a compass. Um, your true north are like your your values, but the the goals are the the creeks that you might have to cross, or when you're going Everest, it's you know the hills you have to climb. That's the goals you have to follow to get to your you know to your true north. Um, so we go through that. You know, I really encourage the people in my programs to to start identifying with what their values are. And then, wow, to get people to have a go at their purpose. I mean, that is so foreign for most people. And for me, I just start to get them to throw words around of what their values are, what are they passionate about. You know, if time and money wasn't an issue at all, you know, where, what would you be doing? What, what do you want people to say about you? You've probably heard about a living will and that's been out there a lot, but it's often hard to think uh, or even what will, what will you want people to say at your funeral and that's hard for people. So a great one is, you know, what do you want people to say about you at your 60th, 70th, 80th birthday? Like what truly, you know, do you want your children to say or your really good friends and is it that you just worked Uh, or, you know, what sort of worker were you or what sort of leader were you or you don't want to just be a a good parent. Like what does 
good parent mean? Like were you a, a loving parent or what values are driving those impacts that you want to have? And when you start to have those conversations with people, they start to really find out what's important. And I just love the moment where people start to put a few words together of what their purpose could be. And you just see their face light up and they go, wow, I never realised. But if I could do that and do that now for the rest, you can just see it. Um, so so that's just, that is cool. Like it, it's not easy, right, to come up with your purpose. Um, but when you can just start to string some words together and um, you can feel someone's face light up or their heart light up to think, wow, if I could do that for the rest. So mine is really, mine, mine is so broad but so simple is that I really just want to make a difference in people's lives. Like it's, and that gives me a, quite a broad scope of if I'm living on purpose, am I, am I making a difference to people? You know, what sort of impact am I having? And I, I want to make a difference to people in their lives. Um so it's it's it helps me to be able to choose you know what work I do and then if I align that to my value my values underneath that, um, it enables you to you know to do to live on purpose really right, and so you know I work for myself but I get to choose things like for me to go to Nepal, um, and take a group of people there I've enabled I've actually found a way to combine my work and my values and my purpose all in one. So when I'm on Everest Base Camp, I'm in my absolute element because when you can put all of those in one moment and you're ticking all those boxes, wow, it's powerful. It's fulfillment. So there's this great thing around value-based goal setting and it comes out of the work of acceptance commitment therapy where for most of us we're taught about setting goals, like what goal do you want to achieve? And we focus purely on, oh, I want to run this particular race and get this particular time or I would like to build this house or I'd like to get this particular job and and you can be smart and have all the smart based goals but if no one's ever done it I'm I'm sure you have is start with your values and pick one value um, that's really important to you like for me it's come up so many times today is making a difference for people that's my value so how can I set goals under that particular value how can I start to make a difference to more people through the stuff that I do every day and then you set sub goals under that value of how I can live my value every day and wow that is a really powerful place to be because you're more likely to achieve those goals if they're actually what you care about absolutely absolutely it's intriguing when you start to dive a bit deeper into this and the feelings of how it is to live daily in congruency with your values and then identifying your purpose or your mission statement. I remember the first time that I did uh, my mission statement and really aligned with my purpose. I I came home one day and it just came to me and I just sat down and I wrote, 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 wrote and I stood up and I felt euphoric. It was unbelievable yeah. to think this is this is what people will think about me at my, I say my 110th yeah. birthday because yeah. I'm going to live till I'm 110. Will, I'm going to be running will. when I'm yeah. 110. That's, that's, right. my, that's my end goal. <laughs> but that, that process then of values, purpose, yeah. audacious goals and visions and aligning with those. Yeah. And with some of the techniques that we've talked about before, I'm, I'm living life at a different level that I ever thought possible. And I can do that in the comfort of my own home and just be <laughs> on a high on life in that regard. Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not rocket science, you know. It's, um, 
it's it's easy, but a lot of people, if it was that easy, um, everyone would be doing it. So uh, it's just about spending time and 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 reflecting. We don't spend enough time doing this at all. And I just know through the programs that I run, you know, we do six days. The Fit for Leadership program, we do six days over three months, and most of the feedback what people love about the programs that we do is it's all about them and we give them time to reflect all of this stuff and we make them sit down and go through all of this because we all get busy I have this image of that hamster the hamster wheel and the hamster's running around these wheels on life and we just get so task focused that we just keep doing all the stuff and then when we get off we're too tired and so we just don't take enough time to get off and reflect and really check in you know what am I doing like am I really doing what I want to do and um, and if not then you know spend the time to change you know reflect and change it and learn things and listen to podcasts and everyone has that ability to um, to do it if they choose um, and I really and I really love the one you talked about with audacious goals and for me it's something that I continue to challenge myself with and I love this area because things have happened to me that I never ever thought I could achieve like I still, I still have a bit of a giggle about having rich, dinner with Richard Branson and Bolt there. I'm like, that's happening to me, really me. Like, <laughs> and I and it's taken a few of these things to go. Actually, it can happen. And so it really, as an athlete, we were taught to goal set, and I think we were very good at goal setting, but they were very, um, they they were quite tight and strict around particular times and about winning particular races and medals and and so then and I was very good at that but then stuff started to happen to me beyond that that wasn't even in my goals and it was kind of scary I was going oh well that happened but I wasn't even planning for that and that's even beyond where I thought I could exist so I started to question myself am I dreaming big enough am I extending myself enough and and another question I often ask myself, am I putting out there enough? Am I asking for enough? Because often we don't ask. I hope you get what I mean by this, that by asking for something, like if you, you have this big audacious goal that about running, like for me, a, a conference or I want to get to – Richard Branson's Island, like that's one for me that I know one day I'll be there and guarantee I'll make it happen. But you need to ask, you kind of need to ask the universe, you've got to put it out there. You've got to have clarity around that something that you want to do. And then you share it a bit with people um, and, and, and things start to happen. But if you don't ever even consider opportunities beyond that, like one of these things I want to do is, I've mentioned is running this conference, like my big audacious goal around that is not just one, I want to take it global and I want to run them in all these different cities and I've already written them down of which ones like I have no idea how I'm gonna get there and I really don't care I just know it feels good and it's aligned to my values and I'm just gonna ask for it and I'll have a, a crack at doing it I believe it'll work because it's coming from your heart and yeah. it is aligned with your values absolutely what's yeah. the conference called it's called new day and a new day is so broad because it's a new day. Like, and this probably just wraps up nicely what we're talking about. Every day is a new day. You know, every day we have a chance to, to wake up 
and start a new day. We have the chance to, we have the chance and the responsibility to make that the day we want it to be. Um, and a new day starts tomorrow. Learn something new. Be the be the person you want to be. Live on purpose. Um, leave legacy. What ripple effect? are you having and if you're not it's a new day tomorrow you can start to action you can start to to do the stuff that really matters and and one of the key connections with this conference is I've chosen speakers also they've had a real impact on humanity and this purpose in life that we as human beings can serve for the greater good and we should be we we all should be helping each other and I know that's a strong value of mine about making a difference to others but if if we as human beings were all serving for the greater good instead of closing down borders and barriers and judging people and criticizing people you know it's so much harder to be positive and serve the greater good than it is it's too easy to be negative and rip people apart so I've got people on stage that that are just inspiring, that are positive, that have had some pretty interesting, challenging adversities. But then one of my favourite speakers in the middle of the day is the funniest guy I've ever met. He, he's actually my humour coach. Um, but he teaches us how we can change our perception by using humour and kindness. And so just some tools for people to start a new day and, and be the person or the leader they, they want to be. I love that. Hmm. That's brilliant. And that's happening on the 4th of July, yeah. 2017. Well, Independence Day, even though it's not ours, but, you know, it's kind of a, a good day to <laughs> Very be. Fitting. In a, yeah, that's right. So I'm starting in my home city, which is Adelaide, um, on July the 4th. Um, so it's newday.world if people want to get online and, and have a look at the concept I'm trying to deliver. But, um, yeah, I'm really keen. I, I just think we need events like this. You know, we all need to collectively um, work. We're one world and we all can have an imprint and we can all, it, it doesn't have to mean we have to start up a charity and raise millions. It, it actually can happen with one small action that you can do tomorrow that can have an impact on someone for the greater good. I absolutely love it. Bringing more love and... Yeah, it might even just be that you smile more often or you, instead of react, like we go back to our thinking and the way, way we react, that we actually learn to own a bit more about our mindset so we respond to people in a in a way of beauty instead of a way of um you know anger so yeah Bring more good to the world webby yeah. i absolutely love it that's right <laughs> <laughs> all right we're getting uh close to wrapping it up here i tell you what throughout this chat i've just been thinking that uh you're almost like the the female version of mick fenning to me uh-huh. and mick fenning the, yeah. the surfer because yeah. He's been through some massive adversity in his life and uh, he's able to find calmness from all the Mm. inner work that he does. And just listening to you chat and some of the discussions that we've had here tonight, your ability to be present and exude resilience and calmness in the same vibration is powerful and contagious. And yeah, thanks for being my uh, female version of Mick Fanning tonight. Oh. <laughs> I hope you're not offended no, by that. No, as long, no. And I don't worry, I don't think I'll ever be in the ocean with a surfboard and have a shark <laughs> around me because I don't surf. But You'll be at the other end. You'll be up uh, climbing mountains <laughs> at the snow True. tops. That's but. right. <laughs> at least there's no sharks up Maybe there. Maybe you can get Mick to go with you on one of the trips yeah. to help raise money for your charity. There, That's there a good go. point. I don't know Mick, by the way. We're just throwing it out yeah. there. So okay, Mick. No doubt he'll be listening. Everest. That's right. Everest with your surfboard. <laughs> All right, so I'm all about actionable take-homes for the listeners. 
which we have definitely provided plenty for tonight. But what's your advice on what specific action our listeners can take today to become more impactful in their own lives and their own communities? Yeah. Well, um, definitely spend time on your values. Like that would be one of the – if you haven't and you've heard this again and you haven't done it, just allocate some time. Like really work out what what is driving you, what really – is your your inner beliefs your core beliefs that are your true north um and get clear on them three to five make it simple um you know have a go at exploring your purpose that might be really difficult for some people and i get that um but just start to throw a few words on a piece of paper of what you're really passionate about um what you'd love to do if time and money wasn't an issue um you know because sometimes for people we're doing stuff that we really don't want to be doing but if we if we work out what our passion is and and we're still in the job that we're doing, we can actually, sorry, passion or purpose, we can actually start to action it today or tomorrow. You know, you don't have to be, it doesn't mean you have to have this ideal. You can actually start living with purpose and values today in small ways and there's your challenge. Um, so they're two really important things that I think people just need to spend time on. Um, if you haven't read The Happiness Trap, or the reality slap or the confidence gap. Learn more about acceptance commitment therapy. That has just been awesome for me. I love so many things about it, um, bringing Western and Eastern philosophies together to learn how to, you know, how to be mindful, how to be present, how to just have some time out, um, how to understand more about how we work and how we can create that space so we don't get stuck in our unhelpful thinking, that we can make room for it. Powerful. Um, and, and the other thing I would just mention is, um, you know, spending time when I go back to silver to gold and, and getting back to gold, once you kind of know your values and your, your purpose um, and you've got some tools around the mindset, particularly with the ACT stuff, um, you know, really sitting down and working out where, where you're passionate about and what are your priorities and start living and doing the stuff that is important to you and that you really want to do. And start decluttering life um, from the stuff that maybe, you, you know, you've said yes to that you don't want to be doing, but you've been doing for a long time. Um, and I really like the work of Stephen Covey and, um, and some of his time management stuff. People have probably heard the four Ds. And I, I really like those and I think they're really good to, to go to. So I like to add the fifth, the first one of declutter. And I, I kind of do it quite generally and go, you know, life, just declutter maybe what you're doing in life. So often I say to people, write down everything you've said yes to. Um, every role that you play in your life, every, every commitment that you have. And then once you know what your purpose and, you know, what you're passionate about and what your values are, then kind of look at the list of what you're doing and see where you're spending your time. And if there's things on that list that it's time to move on and declutter, you know, do the stuff that really matters to you. Like that the stuff, that's your process is the do. But what can you delete? What can you delay and what can you delegate are the other Ds and um, and this is really nice process to go through. So you you do you know we don't have much time. We're never going to get more time, but at least through the time we have, if we're doing the stuff that is really important to us um, and getting into the stuff that we love um, and doing it more often, at least we're going to you know be more fulfilled. They are phenomenal take homes, and we'll link up uh, some of those resources in the show notes. 
All right, so before we dive into the fast five questions that we'll finish up on, I haven't actually told you no. about the fast five questions <laughs> yet. I've got something that I want to give to you, Katrina. Let me just find it here. So this is this is a T-shirt. Uh, this is a life tea, and this is our philanthropic aspect, so our charity uh, leg. And this one was designed by Scotty Reardon, who you are very close yeah. uh, with, and he is currently still training in the stable under Irina, who you and I uh, trained under. So I thought it was very fitting that we uh, give you one of his shirts. Beautiful. And these, uh, I'm not sure if you, the story, you know about the Life Tees, but we team up with elite athletes. They okay. choose a charity that's close to their heart and we donate 100% of the profits to their charity. Awesome. So we're not climbing mountains that are snow-capped and uh, taking people uh, overseas to do it, but we're, we're trying a little bit. So that's it. I'm honoured to, uh, to present you with this oh, one and I'm sure you'll awesome. wear it with pride oh thank you my thank pleasure you. absolutely oh, you're a darling now just quickly before the fast five two-part yes. question where can our listeners learn more about you so mm-hmm. uh, on the world wide web and how yep. can i and the listeners help you on your journey okay so katrinaweb.com.au is probably the best way to find out on my website but then also social media so if you go to my website there's lots of different social media um, aspects um, and that'll also have my new day dot world my new day summit um, so how can everyone well really um, this is your opportunity to ask yeah <laughs> that's it um, you know to help me in what I do um, you know I, I put a variety of different programs on and so if if any of those can help anyone um, whether it's coming to us you know coming with us to Nepal if you if that's something you've always wanted to do and it's on your bucket list I, I say to people a bucket list you you got to do it right don't wait till it's too late so if you've always wanted to do something like Everest Base Camp just say yes and, and we'll make it happen so that that's always great come on one of our journeys um, and uh, but you know there's a whole bunch of different stuff that that I do if if it can help anyone in their particular field um, just just keep a lookout and you know and join the journey um, I'll promise I'll keep creating different platforms whether it's going to Nepal whether it's running a conference in Adelaide whether it's um, doing these sort of things um, I love to share knowledge not only mine but I love to I've I've been able to meet some cool people around the world and I feel like one of my purposes is to connect the world to some of these people um, and share their knowledge um, so I'll probably put on events and keep sharing the knowledge that's what I love about everything that you do everything that you stand for uh, your presence is is all about helping others Mm. so for us to be able to help you is actually essentially helping a much bigger audience so that's awesome all right the fast five questions so don't give yourself too much time to answer these just let it roll off the tongue (laughs) you ready i'm ready okay what's one habit you wish you could change one habit i'd still like to change i still remunerate a little bit and um you know, letting letting some things go. Maybe it's my perfectionism, actually, when I think about it. Um, if there's one habit I could change um, is letting go of things um, having to be perfect. Okay. I am, I am working on that one. I'm getting better. Yeah. What makes you feel absolutely pumped and exhilarated and energized? Oh, exercise. Yeah. Any movement. Um, love it. I love, I love a challenge, a physical challenge that includes... Um, exercise yeah i'm with you on that one (laughs) have you ever washed a dog yes 
I have one. I have a 14-year-old Italian greyhound. Yes. It doesn't get washed as often as he should, but I have. <laughs> <laughs> what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh, gosh. What's the best piece of advice I have ever received? I go back to my, my dad. Um, gave me lots of pillars growing up. You know, he, he one was he said, always keep your options open. I love it. And what are you most grateful for in your life right now? What am I most grateful for in my life right now? Um, wow, so many things. Um, I'm just really grateful on, you know, the opportunity that I have to to help people. Like I, I really feel so much gratitude that I have, um, you know, a part of what I do is that I get to share what I like I am now um, and that, that potentially can have an impact on someone. Like for me that is – so meaningful um whether i'm about to leave now and and go to kale and and have this experience over there it doesn't matter but it i'm so grateful for that um ability to to connect with people on a daily basis and share something that might help them to you know to grow katrina webb you're a legend (laughs) this has been more than i could have asked for for our listeners uh i just want to say keep shining your light you are an inspiration to the world. Thank you. Thank you. I promise I will. Um, I love it. I love it. We, we, we don't have long, so why not have a crack anyway of, of, um, of having a good ripple effect and, and so people can speak about the impact that you had way beyond the time that we're here. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I truly can't say it enough. What an amazing, genuinely authentic woman. I could have spoken to Katrina for hours and we actually did continue chatting for hours after we finished recording. So I'll definitely be getting her on again to share her wisdom. Mindset, values, purpose, fulfillment. If these are areas that interest you and you want to learn more, reach out to Katrina or myself and let us know how we can help you identify your values, grow as a leader and live with purpose. KatrinaWebb.com or YourLifeOfImpact.com. All of the resources we spoke about in both parts of this episode are available in the show notes. If you like this episode, please jump onto your podcast app and give us a five-star review. This helps immensely for me to be able to continue delivering value to you. It doesn't matter what app you're using, whether it's Apple Podcasts, which is formerly known as iTunes Podcast, whether it's Podcast Addict or Stitcher or whatever it is. You guys subscribing and downloading each episode is what keeps this podcast alive. And also, please share with your friends, your family, your community, and everyone you believe will benefit from this podcast. Don't forget to give me your feedback on what you loved and what you want to hear more of, so what value I can help bring into your reality. Reach out to us on social media, so Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at Life for Excellence. That's at L-I-F-E. F-O-R-X-L-N-S. And you can also find us at yourlifeofimpact.com. And as always, remember, this is your life journey, your life of impact.